So here we are in the second part, and we're going to, we talked first part about uh, how God loves us and forgives us, and it's hard and it's difficult for people to truly believe that God loves them, because we're so hard on ourselves, I think, Jim, in most cases, that, that if if we look at ourselves, if we look at ourselves the way the Lord looks at us, we wouldn't be so hard on ourselves. Oh. And again, what we're saying isn't a license to go out there and commit sin. I mean, trust me, like Jim said, there are consequences to sin. You know, it's not good. I mean, whether it's robbing a bank or cheating on your wife or whatever, it's not good. And there will be consequences. And the good news is this. The closer you get to Jesus, you know, the less the less those temptations and the less those tests or whatever will have any impact or effect whatsoever in our lives. Yeah, because that's what uh, transforms your life. You know, this is all about going from a worm to a butterfly, you know. Um, and the more you see the Lord, um, the more you change. Uh, the more you're transformed, the, me- the more you're metamorphosed is, is probably a good term. And I, I truly do believe that uh, a type and shadow of the worm and the butterfly is beautiful. Is. Because, you know, the worm is always crawling in the earth realm which is our carnal mind. The carnal mind is of the earth. It's earthy. Uh, and all of a sudden, the worm starts climbing up a tree uh, and starts spinning a cocoon around him. And let me tell you, is the worm the one that's doing it? Or is that a supernatural work from someplace else other than the worm? Uh, and, and frankly, uh, the worm... It's a supernatural work of God's grace to take that little lowly worm and make him into a big, beautiful butterfly. And frankly, that's what he did 2,000 years ago. We are the righteousness of Christ or of God in Christ Jesus. And when Father looks at us, and I pray that you get this revelation as we speak it, when Father looks at you, he sees a beautiful butterfly. He sees the finished work. He sees the blood that was shed 2,000 years ago on Calvary. And, you know, you've got to understand one thing. God is sovereign, and it says Jesus was crucified. Get ready for a deep one here. Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the world. In other words, Jesus was crucified in the mind of the Father even before he created the world. Because God is sovereign. This is a plan that God has in motion. And so even when man fell, God already had the remedy before he formed the earth. This really gets deep. Mm -hmm. But we just want to run some of those things by you to get you thinking about it, get you chewing on those things. So we can get everybody delivered from this carnal mindset, this do-it-yourself religion that everybody's into today. You know, I got to do this, I got to do that, otherwise God isn't pleased with me. Well, no, all you really have to do is see the Lord and let the Lord reveal to you what he's already done for you. Mm-hmm. That's a biggie what I just said. Jesus wants to reveal what he's already done for you at Calvary. That's Praise the God. revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Is having him, you know, 
A lot of people look at the book of Revelations as nothing but gloom and doom and the end of the world and this, that, and the other. The book was designed by, the, by its title, and that's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And where is that going to be revealed? In us. Mm-hmm. All the seals are broken in us. The vows are poured out. All this destruction is God sanctifying us and bringing us to that completion that Jim was just talking mm-hmm. about. I like in Colossians 3, verse 2, it says, becoming, and this kind of brings it together what we're saying here, becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted by the earthly that's what we're talking about. We, we're saying that with the mind of Christ, you're going to be thinking on things above, not on things below. Because the things below are temporary. The things above are eternal. And we are eternal beings. We did a whole podcast on that. If you haven't listened to it, you should. If you don't realize that, that we are eternal beings. We survive. We were... We were with the Lord before your mom and dad even met each other. You're getting deep, but that's the truth. What did he say to Job? Yeah. Job, where were you when the sons of God were dancing for joy? So the sons of God were with God. We were with God before he created the foundation of this world. Right. He told Jeremiah, I knew you right. before you were formed in your mother's womb. Well, Jeremiah had to have existed or you can't know something that's not knowable. <laughs> so uh, anyway, and we, you know, we always tell you this. Put it on the sh- if this if some of this isn't bearing witness to you, put it on the shelf. We're, we're not. We would never ask you. Oh, you need to believe everything we say. You know, it's th- God's the t- the Holy Spirit's the teacher, not us. If you hear something that resonates with you then it's the Holy Spirit that's allowing it to resonate inside of you. So just, you know, we're, we're God's stretching us, and, and we're just sharing what God's doing with us. And um, you can receive it or not receive it, but I think if you keep listening, you're going to get some nuggets here and there. For sure. Okay, so now it's time to get a little controversial here. We, we said all that. And now someone out there saying, well, what about in Matthew 6? Okay, let's, let's bring it out. We said in the first half hour, the Bible says that we are forgiven, period. God says we are forgiven, period. There, you can come up, we just gave you probably six or seven or eight scriptures on that, but there's probably another 20 uh, maybe more, I don't know, but but some blurred lines start to appear, uh, you know, and say, well, we're forgiven in if this happens or that happens. Um, the only thing we have to do is believe what he said is true. That's it. Um, don't put conditions on God's forgiveness. Don't he doesn't so we shouldn't either. The only thing that has a condition um, 
and again, I, we're, we're going to try to explain this. This is pretty deep what we're going to jump into here, but but uh, God is very clear about forgiveness. It's not a suggestion, and it's it is a command. You know, God says in Matthew six fourteen, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So, Jim, to some, that's, that's a contradiction because we're saying you're forgiven, but then if you hold out or you hold something against someone, you don't forgive them, God's not going to forgive you. I mean, that's, that's if you take it at face value, literally, that's exactly what it says. It goes on to say, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Again, Again, this this there seems to be a problem here, doesn't there? Um, so we're going to give you some numerous scriptures and saying that that you have been forgiven. That this is not this scripture is not about your salvation. Okay, you if you're born again, you're born again, folks. I mean, you're you're. You, you can't lose that because you didn't do anything to earn it. It was given to you as a free gift. So, so how can that be that God doesn't forgive us if we don't forgive others? Well, the, the first thing I have to say is, wow, that is, it is really important if you have something against someone to, to settle it and get it worked out so that you can forgive them. Um, what I personally believe it means first is we must take, um, you know, this this loss of salvation stuff off the table. That That's not what it's talking about. It is, I believe that God is saying to us, we are not exhibiting love if we hold things against others. And we can't be free if we don't forgive. We can't live that abundant life that he wants us to live when we hold unforgiveness towards someone. So it's, it's, he, still, he still forgives us because it's, that's just what it says. But we block what God can do in helping us forgive that person when we have a stubborn attitude, I'm not going to forgive them. Yeah, I think Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think of the scripture, Rich, when you're talking where, where the Lord speaks to the disciples and he says, whoever sins you retain shall be retained. Whoever sins you remit shall be remitted. Yeah. And the, I, the same thing I think holds true for us. Uh, when you're holding sins against somebody, basically you will find yourself holding that same sin against yourself. Mm. So it's like the Lord is saying, you have the ability to forgive yourself because whoever sins you retain, they will be retained, okay? Whether the Lord doesn't necessarily retain them because it was all bought and paid for at Calvary under the blood. But if you're going to retain my sins against me, guess what? You're retaining your sins against you. So in order for you to get set free, you've you've got to set your brothers free. Because you can't walk in this freedom and still hold this against somebody else. Because basically what you're saying is, I really don't believe in the total forgiveness and love of God. You know, if you feel like somebody's committed a sin and you just can't forgive them for that, 
Well, you know, you're really standing in the face of the Father who's saying, well, son, I forgave you, you know? Yeah, and, he's, and you're blocking right. the help. Yeah, he, yeah you're blocking help. the flow. You're blocking yeah. the flow of life. Yeah he, yeah, he wants to help you forgive right. them. But if you are stubborn and say, I refuse to forgive this person for what they did. And, and you know what? I get it. There can be some serious stuff that... In there. In there and done it. Yeah, that you just... <laughs> Have no ability to forgive them. Well, guess what? If if you block that flow, like Jim said, then you're you're blocking the help mm-hmm. to be able. I mean, God can heal a broken hearted, broken heart. He can heal it. And one of the ways He heals it is giving you the strength and the power to forgive. But it comes from Him, not again back to your own efforts. Yeah. Oh, I got to get the strength in myself to forgive this person. No, you have to yield to the Spirit of the Lord to be able to strengthen you to be able to then forgive. You know, I might add too, Rich, a lot of times we wonder, well, why am I going through this? Why am I going through that, Lord? You know, this this is, uh, th- I'm really going through some suffering now. It's really because you've cut yourself off from the life of God. I mean, it's, it's God's intention and will for you to walk in all the blessings of God. I mean, the Scripture says, for all his promises, all his promises are yea and amen. Mm-hmm. Every promise that God has made to you and me, brother and sister, is yes, that is the desire of my heart for you, to bless you, to see you prosper, to be in health. Even in First John, that's what it says. God was speaking through John, and he said, you know, that uh, above all things, I wish that you may prosper and be in health as your soul, as your soul prospers. And when we harbor and hold unforgiveness against somebody, what we're doing is we're creating a log jam in our soul between our spirit, which is where our Father is, where the Lord is, and our soul. So we've got to make sure that, um, you know, we try and be, we try and be obedient to what it is that, that God is saying to us. And, and we know, you know, we call it a conscious, a conscience, which really is the spirit of the Lord saying, you know, you're wrong. <laughs> now, just go ahead and give it to me. And that's another thing, too. Um, just give it to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I want to give this to you. I haven't been able to forgive this brother or this sister. I want to give this to you. Um, and when you do that, his grace, again, we can't use the word grace strong enough. Uh, his grace will set you free just like it did at Calvary. If you ever get to a point where you think you can't forgive someone, just just make a mental picture of this. Jesus saw what the cross was going to accomplish and it brought him great joy so you know because he knew that what he was doing on the cross there was going to set people free from all the negative emotions and feelings uh, when someone wrongs us and I mean it, it was a lot more than just that but that is part of it and, um, sickness and disease, too. Yeah, sickness, yeah. disease, it was, it was all part of it. Yeah. But but think about this. He he's, he's up on the cross. I mean, they beat him to the point where you don't even know who this person was beyond recognition. And he, and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, that is the ultimate 
of forgiveness. And if you see that, you go, well, maybe this thing that I'm mad at my spouse or I'm mad at this person or whatever, maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's not that big of a deal. And, and I just need to go ahead and, and get myself free. And that's what it does. Uh, forgiving someone is not letting them off the hook that what they did to you is okay. That's not what forgiveness is all about. It's letting, just like the definition we gave the first hour, the definition of to, forget, to forgive is to let go, to give it up, to keep it no longer. Why do you want to keep negative stuff? Because if you're holding something against someone, it's negative. It's not a positive, life-giving thought or, or, or something that you keep inside of you. So... You know, we, we have to look at and say, well, wow, that is that is the most powerful example of forgiveness I've ever seen. And we forgive because we have been forgiven. We love because we have been loved. And, and thank God that the Lord doesn't hold us to the standard that we hold others. Boy, can you imagine that? Well, and, that's, that's what's... That's one of the things, Rich, um, and God bless the church. We're part of it. Yep. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why I think the world has really not been one to Christ in this hour, uh, because there's a lot of churches, um, they tell you how to cut your hair. They tell you what kind of clothes to wear. Uh, and that's Weren't the law. were you told you can't have a mustache oh, and be yes. in this church? Oh, yes, I was. I, <laughs> I mean, to, that's comical. Yeah, I know. I, it wasn't comical to me no, at the time because I, mean, I was back, a young Christian. Yeah, you were impressionable. Oh, my God. I, you know, when that minister told me that, I thought that I was out of favor with God because I had this mustache, <laughs> you know. But, uh, well, the end of the story is I still have my mustache. Yeah, you never shaved it, that's for <laughs> no, sure. I've uh-uh. never seen you without it. He almost made me grow a beard when he said <laughs> Yeah, really, really. So, you know, and, and that's what kingdom building is about, is, is helping build the kingdom of God within. The kingdom of God is within. Set it's you not, free. It's not out there. In the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And the only—God gives you— strength to you know the joy of the lord is your strength so he gives you the strength to remain joyful Mm -hmm. the only way you're not joyful is because you've given it away Mm -hmm. some circumstance or some situation or some whatever has robbed you of your joy but guess what it can't rob you of your joy unless you give it away Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Greater is he that is in you than he that is out in the world doing all this stuff. And and so our goal is to remain peaceful, remain joyful, because it's been a gift that's been given to us, and we don't want to give that away so easily. Some people fly off the handle and get angry and start cussing and yelling and screaming. You know what? What did that do any good? I mean, I, I promise you, it did. Cut your blood pressure up. Yeah, <laughs> and that's where disease comes from. It means dis-ease. Dis-ease. You lose your ease. You're not at ease. That's right. So you know, we've always encouraged people: don't give away your peace, don't give away your joy. 
And, and you may say, well, you don't know what I'm going through right now. Well, I don't. But I do know this, that we have been given the opportunity to have peace in the midst of whatever storm occurs, whatever storm comes your way, whatever trouble comes your way, whatever, you can have peace in the midst of all of that nonsense. Well, that's part, that's part of our inheritance, Rich. I know when you use the word inheritance, the first thing I'm sure the people's minds that are listening to us right now goes to, oh, gee, when my mom and dad dies or whatever, or my rich uncle dies, I'm going to get this inheritance. Um, and, and frankly, Jesus was the one that died. And when he died, you came into your inheritance right then and there. And, but the inheritance is it's love, it's light, it's joy, it's peace. Not as Jesus says, peace I leave with you, not the peace that the world gives you. In other words, you know, you can live in a hill, you can have a Cadillac and a Corvette, whatever, in every garage, but you're really not going to find true, lasting peace. And frankly, in order to keep all that stuff... <laughs> You're not going to find too much peace. Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> you have to work yourself to death to maintain all that stuff. While well, you look prosperous and you look happy, but when you lay down at night, you're wondering, gee, i got a big payroll to meet, and, you, and you're worried sick. So, uh, you know, let, let's choose life. Let's, let's choose what, what the real treasure is that's in this earthen vessel. Yeah, what is choosing life? That's, that's a good, good question. Part of choosing life, of course— is receiving what has been given to you by the Lord. He's, I mean, he's, you talk about inheritance, it's better than any dollar amount inheritance you could ever get because it's eternal. The money will go, I mean, the old expression, I don't see a U-Haul behind a hearst. You're not taking it with you. It's what you do now and how you, instead of you don't react but you respond to it in the right way. When you react, usually it's a hair-trigger thing and, and you lose control. But if you're responding, then you've thought about it and you're saying, okay, um, I'm going to respond in a very calm, you know, mild-mannered way. But let me just read this. It kind of sums up a lot of what we're saying. It's in uh, Colossians 3.13. It says, Make allowances for each other's faults. <laughs> Boy, we don't uh, sometimes make allowances for each other's faults. We tend to try to hold people to a level of morality or whatever that we hold ourselves but it says make allowances. I mean, they're not you. You know, we try to get people to 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 uh, believe the way we believe and all that. Hey, they are their own person, and so you have to make allowances for their faults. Just love them and love them, and then it goes on to say, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. And that's, that's what it's all about. And, and if, you're, if you love, if you do what Jesus said, he said, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? 
anybody you come in contact with, that's your neighbor. So if it's someone that's not very nice to you, they're still your neighbor, and you have to love them. And, and you can't do it in your own strength. You have to have the, the grace. Lord grace. and the grace that he's provided you to be able it's always there. to rise above. I, I like the visual picture. If you're going through stuff, you rise above it. You get above it. It's resurrection. Yeah, and the higher you get, the higher you get, the smaller the problems are. The higher you get, it's a perspective that you look at. The higher you go, you look down and you see small little problems. But if you're in the midst of all this and you're just looking directly at the problem instead of your eyes being fixed on him, yeah, they're big. They're huge. And it's insurmountable at times. So that's the time to rise above and say, Lord, I'm getting up into the rare air, you know, up there where you are, and I'm going to look down and I'm going to see that there is a way out. You're making a way because you are the way, and uh, it's going to be okay. Do you have a poem or anything, Jim? We're about five five or so minutes left. Yeah, I got a couple quickies. Um, Yeah, there's one poem that... Basically, I felt like the Lord gave to Rich and I, and it, and it goes like this. The title of the poem is, In the Name of Jesus, Rise Up mm, there you go. and Walk. It's very difficult to walk in this without rising up, yep. okay? Um, but the, it's a short poem. It says this. Uh, the Holy Spirit says, In his name, Jesus, there is no more blame. So are you blaming yourself? Or are you blaming others? Because the Lord says, in my name, there's no more blame. You can't blame anybody for anything anymore. I've got everything under control. It may not look that way, even in your own life, but it is if you look to me, if you look to me. So in my name, there's no more blame. In my name, there's no more shame. In my name, there's nothing but gain. Gone also is fear, because we know our Lord is here, here in the depths of our heart, with nothing but love and wisdom to impart. So reach out in the power of my name and my nature and explain to all my creation. They have all my wisdom and love to gain. And as you speak, make it plain that there is for them a bright future to gain. For all of life's circumstances are preparing you to reign. Amen. Amen. That's good. Um, I got one more scripture here, and that is in Mark uh, eleven twenty-five. And if you are standing praying, uh, forgive if you have any odd against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So right now, just take a quick inventory of what's going on in your life, and you know if there's any dark recesses or whatever in your soul that you're harboring um, unforgiveness towards another, um, take it to the Lord right now. Just take it to him. Say, Lord, I'm not able to forgive this person. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. I'm not able to. Lord, I'm just, you know, he said, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. So I'm going to cast this care upon you 
because I know you're the only way this gets resolved. There's no other way. I've tried. I've done everything I can do. So I'm going to give it to you, Lord, so that you can heal that wound. And um, just do that. I, I, I assure you the Lord's listening. I assure you he um, appreciates that you admit that uh, you've done all you can do. Now I'm going to turn it over to you. And that's called surrender. And he loves it when you surrender your life and your emotions and whatever to him. Um, and like it says, he cares for you. So it, nobody cares for you like he does. Closing poem? Go. Okay. Yeah, I got one more poem here. Uh, and it goes like this. Uh, love descends from God above. Love lights on us as gentle as the dove. Love has got to have a landing place to manifest its power, to demonstrate its grace. Love can only be revealed through your redeemed face. So open wide your heart this day so love can come in and have its way. For the world is truly hungering for love's rays of light to challenge the carnal mind and to dispel the night. For this is truly the only way to restore one's spiritual sight so we can all return back home into his marvelous light. Well, praise the Lord. That, that's, that's a beautiful poem. And, um, you know, we just want to tell you that we love you. And um, we, we love coming upon these airwaves and these podcasts and um, bringing you what the Lord shared with us. That's that's basically all we do here, Jim, is, is share. Share the good news. Share the good news. And so we love you, and um, we want you to keep listening. Yep. And uh, God bless you.